Hey, welcome to Slashers and Spirits, a horror movie podcast. In this show, Kim and I, who are longtime fans of the horror genre, show some of our favorite horror movies to AJ, who hated the genre until just recently. I'm Aaron. I'm AJ. I'm Kim. Howdy ho, as Chucky would say. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> How is everyone doing on this fine Friday, our first oh. weekend drinking recording? Just of pumped, this podcast pumped that it's a friday right it is very comforting to get drunk on a friday instead of a wednesday <laughs> yes 100%. makes uh, more sense yeah some of us were so comforted that we had more than usual yeah i had like toned it down the last few podcasts because i knew i needed to be responsible the next days but i'm feeling very bubbly on my bubbly. champagne i'm bubbly you yeah love it. I, I just, I got pretty trashed this time. It's, I'm not usually this bad, but about midway through this movie, the little voice in my head was like, oh, no, dude, you fucked up. <laughs> 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 but it's a Friday, so we get to sleep tomorrow, so it's fine. Absolutely. Um, should we should we go on to what we're drinking for tonight, then? Yeah. Sure. You start. Who's you? You're you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I had two different types of wine. <clears throat> I stole them both from my parents' house, so I didn't pay for either of these. Um, oh, fuck. You didn't have to go that. You didn't have to tell them that. That, was, <laughs> that, that couldn't have now remained private, and none of us would have known. You chose to share this information. I'm proud. I'm proud that I took this alcohol from my parents and that I didn't pay thief. for the shit. I mean, I told them, but I also definitely stole it. Um, one was half a bottle of Chardonnay. It was Sonoma Contrarer. I think I said that right. Bless you. <laughs> I'm so good at speaking other languages. Um, and then the other is um, sh- is champagne in the can that my sister's really into. In a and can. And it's dark horse. It's in a can. It's half a bottle in a can. I'm halfway through with it, so I'm halfway through half a bottle of champagne. Um, and it's dark horse, and it's fruit bubbles. That's what I'm drinking. We love that. Kimberly, <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, I have Jose Cuervo, but Ooh. I will say, um, ever I'm like the exception here because I'm pretty sure I have food poisoning. Um, oh, no. and I just ate raw fish, so I did not drink as much as you guys because I'm pretty sure I'm going to throw up after this. Oh. Um, <laughs> but this is the first we've been yeah, on call do. with Kim for two hours now, and this is the first we're hearing of this right now. I didn't want to like say anything. I didn't want to be like, "Hey guys, guess who's having a shitty time?" <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great time to say it. That so we could have been, been like, fantastic. "That's cool. We could do this tomorrow." <laughs> yeah. No. no. It, it took me out of, it came out of nowhere, honestly. Like, it's been kind of all day, and, like, I ate, but I chose, like, the worst thing to eat, which is, like, raw fish, and... <laughs> which we'll is it? Did it come out goes. of nowhere, or has it been, like, this all day? <laughs> which well, one is What it? I mean is, like, I didn't eat anything out of the ordinary this morning, so I ate what I usually ate, because I worked today, and there's not, I don't know where it came from. Like, I don't know what made me sick, but for some reason, my body is rejecting everything, except water. So wow! In a in a time of pandemic, this is scary conversations to be had. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's food because there's nothing else. Like I'm not sneezing or coughing or anything. It's just anything I put in, my body is like no, no. I'm so sorry. That's horrible. Yeah, that's it's okay. horrific. <laughs> it's fine though. I I have 
raw fish in my system. So you know what? Why not? <laughs> are, are you this dedicated to the craft that you save information like that for the podcast? Is this- I, mean, I wouldn't have said anything, but I was like, they're going to get on me for not drinking a lot. Because yeah. I'm the only one who was just like quiet when you guys were like, oh, I'm drunk. I'm fucked up. And I'm like sitting here like, I'm throwing up. <laughs> but, if you, but if you would have told us that, we never would have questioned you not drinking. Yeah. No, it's okay. So I was like, I'll oh. just like, I have an alcohol here, but uh, my stomach is just not with me today. Um, but yeah, it's a back, back to the main, it's a tequila. Um, <laughs> it's just and like, it's in a can. Okay. I was going to say, is it straight tequila? Like, no, what is no, no. It? I'm treating it like, you know, with seven up when you have like an upset tummy, uh-huh. you drink seven up. It's like that, but like alcoholic. It's very bubbly. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm not fucked up. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I won't be tonight, but you're nursing food poisoning with tequila. Yeah. <laughs> I she, can't drink nothing, so <laughs> she is dedicated. I think that's true dedication. I wanna be Kim when I grow up. <laughs> I always wanna be Kim when I grow up. I just yeah, I just had to yeah. I'm here. You guys can't shit on my drink choice this time. So okay, we won't. Sorry. No, I. I how could we sh- shit on your drink choice? I'm. I'm. I'm surprised you're here. <laughs> like, yeah. In general. Like, <laughs> wow. Absolute legend. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Aaron? Try to one up me. <laughs> um, I've had uh several nine percent beers at Ooh. this point. Okay, so but I'm, you uh, have to say what their name are. The brand, all of it. Uh, not sponsored, this is, so, you know. This, yeah, no, until okay, they, but, they pay my but, ass to... <laughs> I act like I'm that? sponsored every episode, so I need somebody else to. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm drinking um, Stone Enjoy By 420 IPA. Wow. Yeah. Fancy, maybe. Yeah, it's 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 really strong, and it's taken me for a ride tonight as we watched Child's Play. Oh shit! Wait, let's talk about what we watched last week. The Strangers. How did the Strangers sit with us over the past week, or a little more than a week? I got a little scared that they were going to come murder me, like a couple times. <laughs> but so far, I'm still alive. So happy to report. Is this any more than the previous movies we'd watched? Less than the Grudge. More than probably anything else. Midsummer stuck with me, and I think it will always stick with me. But it didn't scare me, stick with me. It just upset me. It's it's, it's just generally upsetting. Yeah, I mean, there's just <laughs> a lot of death in it. Oh, they because of the horrible relationship. I can't, oh, yeah. I can't with that fucking guy. Every time I think, I'm like, maybe I should date again. I'm like, ugh, but there's none like that. <laughs> maybe <That's>... not. <laughs> I saw a TikTok recently that was like watching Midsummer with your shitty boyfriend. It's like, isn't he the worst? Yeah, like tell me, tell tell me why he's bad. Like, why do you think he's bad? Can you explain that to me, please? And that's like my worst fear on earth is being called exactly that. Um, can I can I tell a Midsummer story real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, my sister, uh, my sister and I saw Midsummer for the first time just like on a whim like we were just both um on break from college and it was like do you want to go see midsummer like i have no clue what it's about let's go see it and we saw it and we loved it and since then we've both shown like six people that movie so we like met for like thanksgiving or something and my sister and i were quickly talking about midsummer like at the table and my mom apparently like took notes 
and was like, oh, shit, like, let's watch Midsummer because my kids enjoyed oh, wow. Midsummer so much. So I was just like chilling one day and I got a call from my mom. And she's like, hey, we watched Midsummer tonight. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't have recommended that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> like, had you asked me, I would have been like, yeah, maybe don't. But she was like, no, it was good. Like, we really enjoyed it. And I was shocked. I was like, wow, I can't, I can't believe it. Though I brought up a couple points. She's like, yeah, no, that was all good. That was all good. See my sister like two weeks later. And she's like, oh my god that movie upset mom so bad <laughs> oh my god she hated that movie they talked about how awful that movie was for like three days <laughs> oh my god and my mom called me and was like yeah no it was good <laughs> she was hilarious. trying to bond she was but holy shit she should have asked first because if she was yeah. like I want to watch a horror movie I would have been like let's start with Midsummer." No. I guess that's kind of what we did with AJ to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> AJ, we're going to show you horror movies. How, sit down for Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You guys um. did do that. <laughs> I thought about The Strangers a good bit, actually. Uh, kind of more so than other movies. Not like that it scared me, but I, I just really appreciate the, uh, the line with the, uh, why are you doing this? Uh, because you were home. And like, that is really stuck with me. That's a haunting line right there. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I'll take away from the movie more than ever. And I think um, the man with the mask or Baghead or whatever, he, he's really iconic and he really... I know. I want his mask. They don't have a lot of Strangers merch and that makes me pretty sad. Yeah. He he really stands out. He He's up there with the horror icons, but I think it's maybe hard for him to stand out because there's so many other famous sackheads, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got like Jason and Sam from Trick or Treat. He's probably the most famous sackhead, right? So cute. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. <laughs> yes. That's one. That's what we're doing in October, right? <laughs> He's so cute. Kim either thinks that horror movie characters are attractive or she thinks they're cute. Like there's only those two options. Either they're really hot or she thinks they're adorable. Okay, but Sam from Trick or Treat is so cute he's so adorable he's so small i, I have no idea what he looks like but we'll watch it at one point don't worry he's Sam's coming short up king <laughs> oh, he's great. so cute in october like for sure that's, yeah. that's on yeah. the list in october right for our... definitely we have to yeah hey maybe we'll do that one in person <gasps> that would be fun Ooh. Same room movie watching. Holy shit. Uh, oh, what a crazy concept. Wow. <laughs> so I had Imagine a not drinking alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that sitting in my apartment by myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm not alone, but I'm definitely the only one drinking. In the room. <laughs> you should stop. Whatever drinking you're doing, you're throwing up anything you put into yourself. <laughs> I kind of have, but I'm I'm trying to hang in there. I'm saying don't on our account. I don't yeah. want Kim to continue <laughs> drinking because she's like being bullied into it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, so I have a crazy story to tell you guys. Okay. Shoot. So last night at work, which I'm gonna preface for the podcast that this is not what my job entails at all. Um, I ended up doing like baby CPR. To stop, to start a child to start breathing again. Wait, a cl- like a class for this? Or no, no, no. I did baby CPR on a real baby to start the baby to breathe again. 
holy shit wow yeah yeah is that all you're saying yeah, what else? <laughs> so i was at this client's house and he has a little brother and basically what happened is the mom came outside and was like aj the baby's not breathing and like was holding the baby and so i just took the baby from her and started hitting it on the back which is like what you do if they're choking and then it started crying again and then i handed the baby back and that's literally all that happened oh they did like chest compressions yeah i, was I like... shouldn't have said cpr i'm sorry no it's okay <laughs> that's still more than i've done this week <laughs> shit <laughs> i mean shit we have like you guys have these harrowing stories of kim's fighting through illness to record the podcast <laughs> and aj's out there saving children and i'm on my third beer <laughs> Hey, there's a reason I drank this much tonight. <laughs> you guys both dropped these bombs so casually. I don't I don't even know what to do at this point. Yeah, we watched the movie about a doll. Good night, everybody. <laughs> but you see why I saved it for the podcast? Because I could have just dropped that bomb on you guys in the beginning. And then we lost a minute. And I was like, you know what? I'll tell the whole podcast about this shit. If I had a public way to say I saved a baby, I'd be too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> AJ the baby saver <laughs> puts on her resume oh. say the baby once at this time we haven't finalized logos yet so we haven't posted anything and I want but... our, our three names to be on the logos right like I fully intend our three names to be at the bottom of the art and I think Aww. we can still add a middle segment to AJ's name <laughs> And for like the first 10 episodes, people will wonder why it says AJ, the baby saver Dukes. <laughs> when they get here, it'll all make sense. I hey, happy 15 minute mark. <laughs> uh, this week we watched. Not about saving babies, <laughs> but the anyway. opposite. <laughs> Time to talk about like kicking babies because that's yeah, what happens. Yeah. Um, this week we watched Child's Play, the original Child's Play from 1988. It was my week to choose, and I chose this movie because it's fucking insane. And this is actually one that Kim and I agree on, like wholeheartedly. Like we, uh, we, I don't think we have any any disagreements on this movie, which is kind of uh-uh. rare. I think it's conceptually great. It's got a great structure to its plot, and it's got a great gimmick. I think the effects. Every time I watch this movie, surprise me more and more, and I I, I just think it's it's a classic. No, Kim? I agree. No, I one hundred percent agree. I think a lot of this movie works really well. It's not the first you know doll movie to be incorporated into horror, but it's definitely one of the first ones I think everybody thinks of. That's how well known and memorable it is. And I think it's because it does a really, really great job. And I mean, obviously we'll talk about that later, but it has a lot of elements that are very simplistic, but work really well. Yeah. And he's cute. And he's very cute. <laughs> and that that creates fans. There's a lot about this that I just, I can't like, it's so well done. Yeah. Especially for the 80s. I was going to ask if it was the 80s. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, 88. It's 88. So it's late. It's learned from a lot of its predecessors from what I know, you know? Yeah, like, we, we already have, like, Leatherface, Michael, and Freddy are definitely... Jason's I'm, I'm already pretty sure Jason as well too, is yeah. on scene. He's a couple so, movies in already. He's one of the last ones, I would say, to kind of 
round out what people typically think of as like the iconic four of like slasher genre. Yeah. I count them. Some people might not, but I do. I think Chucky definitely is. I love him. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's on the Mount Rushmore of horror, but I think he's he's certainly like next up. Who is on the Mount Rushmore then? Uh, Michael Myers, yes. Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees, and Leatherface. That, that's my so that's my top four. Do, do, do so yours Chucky's vary, Kim? fifth. Yeah. No, I agree. I wouldn't. I would, but I would include Chucky because I mean, people disregard him because he's not scary, quote unquote. But I think he's cool and fun, and I like him. <laughs> <laughs> We're besties, and that's why I would never let my bestie not be included in that conversation. I know Kim that you're a big fan of the of, of Chucky, like more so than like just this movie. Like he's definitely like one of your favorites. Where does he rank for you? Like, like fuck what's iconic or fuck what's important. Yeah. Like where where does Chucky fit in like your list of your favorites? I think I think he's kind of the same, and I, this is why I would say that it works well. He's kind of on the same plane as like where I put Freddy. Like they have such great personality that I just I watch his movies for fun. Like Halloween, I watch for <laughs> different reasons. It's great, but it's it's scary. And th- um, these like two characters, I would say, are probably just they're just like cool people, man. Like <laughs> we'd be friends. Like they're just so cool, and their personalities are amazing. So I'd probably put I'd probably put Chucky on top of Freddy. Not gonna lie. But where does Freddy I sit think then? Freddy would probably be number probably number three. It's kind of hard because I bounce around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like obviously my number one is always gonna be Michael. That no one's gonna take that seat. Mm-hmm. But the others, I kind of Leatherface. To be fair, I think he's cool and iconic, but he's not probably not even in my top ten. Oh wow! He doesn't have that much character to him. I just think he's pretty gnarly looking. But I think what adds to me, what gives me flavor, is personality, and I love chucky's laugh that sound is one of my favorite sounds in the entire world (laughs) like i would want i want to own that sound and play it and it could be the sound of my horn when i'm honking in traffic and that would be perfection how terrifying (laughs) it's so fucking good it's so fucking good like what about your doorbell would it be your doorbell oh 100 percent. his voice his his laugh like it's just i don't know i just love it so much it's Kim's uh, alarm clock in the morning and she yeah. wakes up and stretches and all even though, and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the difference between Freddy and Chucky, to me, franchise-wise, is I, I can't sit through every single Nightmare movie because they just get ridiculous to me and it, it gets too, like, fanfare and gross. But the Chucky movies, granted there aren't that many, only one of them I would probably skip in that sea of Chucky, but the rest of them, honestly, I could sit through it and enjoy it and have a great grand old time. Okay, Molly just walked through the front door, right? Yeah. And the first thing she hands me, completely unrelated to anything we're doing tonight, is a fucking foot-tall Chucky toy. I shit you <gasps> oh not. Oh my god! I shit you not. She just walks to the door and hands me a box bigger than my head, and I got a big-ass head, let me tell you. <laughs> just a Chucky toy. That just so completely cute. unrelated to, to this really tonight. <laughs> I like she she handed it to me, and I was like, "Oh, this is weird on so many levels right now. I can't believe this." I gotta find me someone who's just gonna give me Chucky right? dolls out of nowhere, just uh, on a Friday night. 
Cool. All right, we can like seriously. I gotta take a. It's 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 a, a while we're still uncut here. It's a pop, but it's one of the pops that like go up to your goddamn knee almost of just. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking cool. <laughs> fucking crazy. Okay, I'm so sorry. You were talking about um before we continue. You were talking about uh the different Chucky movies, right? Or which ones you'd yeah, say? Yeah. Sorry. Like. Yeah, yeah. No, you, it you was brought from... up Seed of Chucky being the bad one, right? Yeah, that's the one that I can't sit through and I will not watch again because I just I just won't watch it. It just doesn't appeal to me. But yeah, all the other ones, 100%, I can sit through and I can enjoy. Even Bride of Chucky, as I I love that one for a lot of different reasons. But <laughs> I I think that oh, it's on. such a good franchise. I have a minus question. Minus that one. Because Kim... There was something you said earlier, and you had this giggle to it, and you were like, besides that, or whatever. And then you said that you love Bride of Chucky for multiple different reasons. What are your different reasons? Because it makes it sound like there's some, like, weird reason. (laughs) I can tell you the reason. I can tell you the reason (laughs) right now. No, I I I think (laughs) that movie does a pivotal I think okay. I'm, I'm gonna to, say like, it. I'm gonna say this. the voodoo no, words that are gonna not. snap her in. I'm gonna say it. it I'm gonna say it right now. Really Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> yeah, it has. She's hot as fuck. I think okay. This is what I think the series does well, and I think it also fails on its head. It becomes more campy and more silly, which I think ruins it for some people. The first two at least try to be. What this it was, is. A scary, yeah, almost like serious. campy, but with silly, but with some fear undertones. After the second one, and it moves on to Bride of Chucky, it gets really fucking ridiculous. But there's so much about it that's so iconic. They make Chucky all grungy with his staples. They have Jennifer Tilly, who is hot as fuck, in doll form and in human <laughs> form. Like, they just, they amp it up in this movie. And it's so weird. And it's so, like, it's not good, but it is at the same time. And then Seed of Chucky's trash. I'm not even going to touch that one. And then from then on, it tries to get back to where the first two kind of were with um, Curse and Cult of Chucky. And I feel like it does an okay job, but only because it relies on the first two. But I think Bride is the one that a lot of people, even if they don't like it, recognize it. Um, My first Chucky movie was Seed of Chucky. Oh my god. And that movie is so repulsive that I couldn't fucking stand it. Uh, So much so that I I slept on the franchise for a long time. And this is kind of weird for me because I I really had my horror like renaissance in middle school. Like mine was really early where I started watching like older stuff. But I didn't watch the first Child's Play, the movie we watched tonight, until my freshman year of college. It was the oh, first wow. time I saw it, and I didn't expect much, having only seen Seed of Chucky, and it blew my goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I couldn't believe how good the movie was. Seed is just, it should have never been made. No. And, I mean, you can say that about a lot of, you know, um, sequels that follow a lot of really great movies. Like, I can talk about how shitty some of the Halloweens are, but Oof. at the end of the day, yeah. But at the end of the day, like... <laughs> It's just that one movie that I probably would want to erase in my mind is Seed of Chucky because what the fuck was that movie? Yeah, no, it, it was it was horrendous. Everything else is pretty okay. Yeah, I really don't have like they all they vary clearly in quality, but I wouldn't yeah. say there's any that's like horrendous. 
besides, of course, <laughs> Seed of Chucky. <laughs> yeah, they're not top tier. This isn't top tier horror. This is very much campy, silly horror. But, I mean, how can you not fucking like it? I don't know. Speaking of, AJ, did you like this movie? Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's where we should transition now, right? Is AJ's opinion. Her brief. I, I did. I did like this movie, actually. I didn't think I was going to, because I've heard about Chucky my whole life, and was just always like, what the fuck is that shit? Um, but I actually really like this movie. I think it's really good. That's great to hear, because that's exactly how I felt. Is I, I had no clue what to think going in, and I left being like, that was actually like quality. Like, even more so than just, like, a good slasher, like, a quality movie, almost. Or maybe I'm I'm getting intense there, but that's how honestly how I feel. I think it was way better than you imagined a fucking doll coming to life to murder people would be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's silly in its own. Like, there's a lot of times that I kind of chuckle throughout the movie just because they're just kind of funny. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. And I think they did a lot of work when it comes to creating the doll and how they made him move. And I'll I'll talk about that in a bit. But they did such a great job and there was a lot of carefulness to how they were going to do it. And I think it really pays off. So there's definitely some love in the making of this movie. And it's not, you know, and I'm going to compare this to another doll in a bit too because I fucking hate that bitch. But... <laughs> They did a really fucking great job for the 80s, for the movies that were coming out during this year and the ones before it. And I think that's why it's just so well done and so well known. I know it sounds like I'm like stroking the dick of this movie, but I love it. I think it's I, so, so good. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Um, there's uh, There are scenes where they could have taken the easy route and it would have looked half decent just to have a doll be thrown onto an actress and have her kind of struggle with the doll as it was holding a knife and it could have been cut multiple times repeatedly so it was really fast and it wasn't super visible and honestly it would have been passable for the time without a doubt but they really stopped took their time made every shot count and framed things very intentionally to have the effects be as good as they can be like even a shot of like chucky being thrown and then him standing back up is so meticulously planned that it it looks not a hundred percent real, but it still gives you that like guttural feeling of oh god, you know. Yeah, there's a good amount of jump scares or attempts to jump scare anyway, but I don't I don't think it relies heavily on that either. And I think it's so well done. I think when you get movies now that are so heavily reliant on jump scares, it's almost cheap. And that's the only fear factor that those movies have. But this movie does it where it's like, there's a couple jump scares, but it's purposely done and sprinkled throughout in the right moments with the right camera angles and shots. Oh, it's so fucking good. I, I couldn't, I, I like, I keep saying it, but it's, I agree just wholeheartedly. I can't gush enough about this movie, honestly. Uh, maybe we should go into the plot, right? Just like start moving yeah. through. And this movie's actually fairly easy to talk about, which is really nice. This movie starts in the middle of a gunfight flat out yes like it doesn't waste a goddamn second it just starts in the middle of a gunfight between um charles lee ray the serial killer who becomes our titular character and uh i man i I'm, i feel terrible i already forgot the sheriff's name or the the is the it mike? mike yeah yes. i think it's mike <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're they're in a gunfight and it's just it's almost jarring how immediately it starts they quickly run into a toy store. 
Charles Lee Ray gets shot and is clearly bleeding out, and before he dies, he knocks over a display of dolls and recites a voodoo ritual to transfer his soul into the doll. And I think it's one hell of an opening. It's a great opening. I think that's what a lot of these movies have. Like, they have such good openings. Like, I think of Scream, I think the opening to, like, Halloween. They're just, like, so fucking good. I think you have a good point there. A lot of a lot of horror movies' opening scenes define them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can set the tone really well. Uh, oh, definitely. Do you guys want to talk about this opening? I was super confused at first, and then I remembered, I don't know at what point, but at some point in my life, I've asked what the fuck happens in Chucky to make Chucky happen. And I think I asked Aaron, and I think Aaron said, oh, like a serial killer puts his soul into a doll. And I was like, okay. And so it starts, and I'm like, what is happening? And I'm trying to like guess in my head, like, is this police officer the dad like how does this connect to a doll and then i see him like look at the door the door of the toy store and i was like oh right and then i remembered that and so i was kind of just waiting for it but i, I, think I would have told you this three years ago right if not if not yeah more. Okay. yeah probably just, just making sure <laughs> like probably a long ass time ago um but yeah like i think i think you were the one who told me this because i think that sounds like something i would ask you but yeah, and then I was like, oh, okay, and then it definitely still developed in a way that I thought was interesting, because like, I don't know, I don't expect a serial killer to be like, you know what, here's the solution, I'm not going to die, I'm going to put my soul into this doll, and I'm going to chant, like, have a chant ready, like, that's just wild. <laughs> what about you, Kim? I mean, I, I kind of, I'm on the fence with this one portion, I, I don't think the voodoo it was it's a hit or miss for me depending on my mood to be honest i think it's kind of a tough pill to swallow the idea that like voodoo doesn't have to be a part of this voodoo i know there was a lot of discussion about the misrepresentation of voodoo and how why it was used here and how it was used and it sheds like a negative light on its roots and culture etc cetera, etc cetera. And like, honestly, I didn't vibe with it at first. I was like, you're going to tell me that he's not just a serial killer, but he also knows voodoo. Like, it's kind of, it's very ridiculous. But at the same time, if you just kind of take that on ahead, it's not as ridiculous as, say, oh, there just happens to be a demon who wants his soul. Like, it's all (laughs) far-fetched. And it's all very in the supernatural realm where you just kind of have to take some of these things and just roll with it. And don't dwell on it too much. It's one of those things where, like, don't think too hard about it. It just happened. That's where we're at. Let's move on with the movie. So I don't think the voodoo serial killer part is is that great. But, I mean, if you just ignore it and just kind of go with it, I don't think it's too bad either. I don't think it's detrimental is what I'm trying to get at. I think it gets away with it because it does it within the first three minutes. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it, it sets the rules so early that if you're not into it at this point, get the hell out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, I feel like it gets away with the insanity. And I feel like the movie actually gets, like, almost less crazy throughout it. Or, no, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> it, does, it, does, <laughs> it does get much crazier. But uh, it certainly has, like, a cool-down period in the middle, you know? Yeah. Somehow, I understand, though, when you say it gets less crazy. Because once you start to, like... I think because once you start to buy into the plot, the plot makes a lot of sense. 
they do they do all I, I think you're right because they do also add it it's not like he just knows voodoo off the top of his head they do go to who yeah. he learned it from and exp- uh, explain that he was a student of his for a while they, they do add details seemingly yeah and i will say like the remake that they redid discards that piece of the plot i'm not quite sure if it was because they want to be more sensitive or they just didn't want to tie it too close to the original but without it, I will say it it does kind of suck. <laughs> it it really was shitty. Like the remake just had it as I'm pretty sure we're never gonna watch it on here because I, I'm not gonna watch it ever again. <laughs> um, it's basically AI, and that to me is oh. even stupider. I would rather have voodoo and stupid paranormal ghost demon bullshit than an AI that just went crazy. Let's yeah. Let's talk about the remake, but let's talk about it for like a limited amount of time here because I could talk all day. So let's take like a, like just a few minutes to talk about the remake here. It's shitty. That's it, all I have to say about it. I, I agree that it's pretty shitty. I think that it <laughs> dealt with some concepts that could be really good. Like the idea of your smart house technology turning on you is interesting. Okay, I, but... I, I get how like just the AC being turned off or whatever like isn't very scary or like your house locking you in isn't very scary but the i this, this whole remake relies on you believing that you would buy your child a doll that controls your ac and locks your doors yeah. and shit like that and you wouldn't it's... be annoyed to all hell i have a yeah. question based on your description what does that movie do that smart house from 1999 disney's original movie do <laughs> that's the thing smart house is better Yeah, 100%. (laughs) This was by no means new or good in any way, shape, or form. No. It was trash. Thank you, Molly. It was garbage. We we had talked about it uh, briefly while watching this movie, and I think uh, we we do want to kind of defend to, like, some degree mark hamill saying that like he did he did pretty good for what he was given but he wasn't given almost anything (laughs) yeah luke should have stayed in his seat and ate his food because this was not it it was not it i'm so sorry to the joker but it's just was not it like the moment i saw his face when they released the first image of the remake i knew in my heart this was going to be terrible and it was it was I also was not... ahead, sorry. <laughs> i was disappointed that's all i'm saying <laughs> it was also doomed from the start because like three days before the remake was announced or three days after the remake was announced or whatever they were like yeah the original chucky series is going to be continuing as a tv show mm-hmm. and then we're also redoing the entire thing <laughs> it's like why why are you doing both if one's still working why go and redo it it makes yeah. no sense no sense at all, it but horrible. it's very clearly dead. I don't think any of us are expecting a child's play two out of Mark no, Campbell God, and no. all that. No, no way. No, God, no. no. They tried a lot. And I think that's why I don't like remakes too much. And that's why whenever I do watch a remake, it's very like I expect it to fail because it's it's like this where they, they try new things and they try to revamp things and it just doesn't land. Like they tried the whole it route like having children be like the main like a group of children and they're the ones who have to like fight the monster it worked in it it didn't work here and And i don't want to see another fucking kid in any fucking horror movie like this i'm tired of it (laughs) i'm over it stranger things did it and then it did it and we're done (laughs) no more yeah no more and then like we've said 
fuck already 30 times in this podcast but there's only so much you can have kids say like shit or fuck and it stays like amusing you know like after a while it's like oh my god we get it the child said balls hilarious (laughs) like i feel like it was not the kills were uh, that's the one thing i could probably say the kills were kind of interesting but i mean i they weren't all that creative or out there so i can't even give it that much credit for that they did have the, this will be the last thing because we, we have to move on we're too far into this podcast to only be talking about the voodoo scene in the beginning we, <laughs> we're going we're going long here um there was the the concept in the remake of having the head be wrapped up as like a gift and it's yeah, continuously rotting true. the longer they don't open it that gave me anxiety <laughs> and that was that was pretty good <laughs> the one gem i agree that was kind of that was kind of good oh well one last thing that the the store that they're selling the Chucky dolls at at the end. Oh yeah, it looks like a fucking high school theater, right? Like it doesn't look yeah. anything like a store whatsoever. Like I, I couldn't believe how terribly low budget that all looked. Like yeah, no, it was crazy. not even Audrey Plaza could make it better, and that's how bad this was for me. And that, that's so. saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, back to the beginning of child's play here let's go back (laughs) i love the opening scene i think um it's brad dorf right that's correct there brad dorf does a great job of you know bleeding out over the course of several minutes as he's looking for a body from to transfer himself into um i think it's absolutely batshit crazy but it's one hell of an opening and uh, i love it Agreed. I have written here that the font in the opening credits is terrible, and I and I, I want some backup here because it is awful. They just choose randomly to have some letters be lowercase and some be uppercase. I understand it's not important, yeah. but I do think it, they should be criticized for this. I think it's important. You brought it up, and then I noticed, and I was like, you know what? He's got a fair point. <laughs> it is weird. It is very weird choice. Not sure what they were trying to do with that. And then um, shortly after the serial killer charles lee ray played by brad dorif does his voodoo ritual the toy store gets struck by lightning and the entire thing explodes and it looks pretty damn amazing in all Mm -hmm. honesty it does this is the first of many points where i realized this movie either had a crazy big budget or was just incredibly well managed financially because it seems almost like an ending shot that toy store exploding like that's the money you spend at the end of the movie and it is not only the opening of the movie, but one of like 18 crazy expensive looking shots in this film. Yeah, it's so good. Um, do you want to cover the, the next portion with the mom buying the doll and everything, Kim? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Uh, no, it's okay. Um, I mean, I, I tend to speed through these things. I know you're, you're a bit more attention to detail, but it's the mom played by Catherine Hicks. Um, the character's name is Karen, of course. Karen Barkley. <laughs> Um, different context now <laughs> yes. culturally <laughs> um, essentially she wants to buy her young son played by Alex Vincent his name is Andy he's obsessed with good guys it's like it's it's a commercial product at this point there's a TV show there's a serial etc Andy's like really obsessed Siwa. no yes. <laughs> she's, Andy <laughs> she's a commercial product she's got a TV show she's got a lot of products on the line she she counts i don't want to compare it to Chuck i just, i don't i don't, like I don't see the comparison i, don't like her, so I was just comparing her to the product 
but it's a very popular. Um, I was, was going to say it's like Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> exactly, something. exactly. It's like those kind of toys that every kid is obsessed with. It, like Teletubbies. It had its own TV show. It had its own dolls, whatever. Okay, so Andy's but obsessed. I'm telling you that that's what Jojo Siwa is to current children. What does Jojo no. Siwa have to do with anything, though? <laughs> She's just the same as Cabbage Patch Kids. No, she's a person. These are dolls. She is a person, but she has her own brand, and she has dolls, and she. But has... you could say that about <laughs> any celebrity, like no Justin Bieber. Hat, like it doesn't no, make sense. Like, no. Okay. Nobody that's watching a podcast about child's play from 1988 is like, oh yeah, Jojo Siwa. What up? <laughs> you know what? I am. <laughs> No, disregard all of that. And we're never mentioning her name. Thank you, ever Molly. Again. She is not a Molly part of this understands. discussion ever. This, this it's just mess. a small part. Like, it's so small. I can be done with this in two sentences. So, she wants to buy Andy the doll, the good guy's doll that's being sold commercially that all kids are able to get. She doesn't have the money for it because it's, like, it's super expensive and, like, we get it. She's a single mom right now and she's trying to just, like, make it through and make her kid happy. So, she gets, ends up buying the doll through a, it's supposed to be shady, like, a shady alleyway kind of interaction. But it's a store. It's not that shady. She's obviously, like, middle class because that's not shady at all. But she buys it from a second. She buys it from a homeless man. That's pretty shady. Yeah, that's pretty shady. I mean, sure. It's kind of shady, but it's also kind of Yeah, we get our stuff from like TJ and shit. But from home. Anyway, people on TJ? that is not the point. Can I finish? I just need to get through this, and then we can move on to the middle part. Of I the usually movie. would agree, but this is an interesting tangent. Anyway, <laughs> she buys it secondhand off someone else for a cheaper price. And therefore, she's able to get the toy for her son. And he's obviously ecstatic. He knows how it works, obviously, because he's seen the TV show and the commercials and et cetera, et cetera. And it's basically, in a way, voice activated. And he responds to commands. And he has a couple of phrases that he says. Very basic toy. Nothing unusual. Um, real, real quick, though. Real quick. Mm-hmm. From it, 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 I think that it was kind of a big deal having a toy that you can talk to and stuff in in eighty eight. Yes. I think that was that was pretty huge, and I think that really contributes to the remake in many ways. Which it was like a smart doll that controlled household appliances, and I think that while the remake did almost nothing right, that that kind of is a natural evolution in that small portion. Yeah, I mean, I had Teletubby dolls that would do so they would i don't know if their eyes <laughs> okay, would move but... but they had um their stomachs would like i think they would turn different colors or it would show something oh. but i yes. remember them being battery powered and high tech and i don't think they would move but i think they definitely they did something like if furbies or the i have that also written down okay, that's um, to bring up later as but well they i have yes. an argument against this you were not okay. born in 88 no, I'm comparing the doll, yes, like what the, the dolls in the '90s the, would do. Like my Teletubby yes. would do similar things too. It, it is fair but to say that development, it could be forward thinking a couple of years. That's what that's I'm fair. saying. Yeah. yeah, it's it's still early for '88. It's still a new development because yeah. yes, that did happen in the late '90s, but that was also, I mean, realistically, what you probably remember is like early 2000s, and. That is still. I'm not like... arguing against what he said. I'm. I'm just. I'm comparing it to 
other toys that I remember doing that IRL. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Sorry. Got it. I'm not saying that what he was saying was incorrect. I was just, I was giving other evidence from my personal, like, childhood that did the same thing. Okay. Got it. Fight more. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it in Like, I wasn't disagreeing with you. No, no. We're, we're good. I, I totally understand. <laughs> 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 Molly just typed into our chat, fight, 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 kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so sorry, Kim. I totally derailed us. You were talking about the doll and the kid knew how to use the doll and everything. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty, um, I don't even know where the fuck I left off at this point. Um... Yeah, so he's able to talk to the doll, and um, he becomes really attached really quickly. He's an only child, so I totally get it. And it becomes, like, his best friend. And at this point, if you haven't seen the movie, Chucky is supposed to be, in a way, child-sized. So it's supposed to be a companion, a buddy, for whatever child you're getting it for. So he's meant to kind of be child-sized and very lightweight and replicate kind of what a child is supposed to look like. And Andy is just, like, besties with this doll. He takes him everywhere. He loves him. He's his best friend, talks to him, etc. Um, Where do you want to go from here, Aaron? Uh, I, I I think it's important to kind of touch on that. There's so many scenes where they sit Andy next to Chucky, and it's kind of a way of showing the similar sizes between them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think we should go into Maggie. First kill? Okay. Yeah, we should go into Maggie, and then I think there's a lot do you to wanna, discuss Do you want to go? Do you want to continue? Sure, I'll, I'll go. I'll go into Maggie. The way Chucky is purchased is through a creepy back alley deal, which apparently is totally fine to Kim. <laughs> which she does all the time. <laughs> um, but then their snooty boss is like, "Oh, you think you can just leave your post and go out and buy a doll? Uh, by the way, you need to work overtime, and you don't have a choice. <laughs> like, sorry, even though you said no, you have to work here." And they, she winds up. Uh, the mo- the mother winds up working with her best friend and deciding that the mother will stay and work a late shift and her best friend will go and look after Andy. Andy, who has just recently received Chucky and is super stoked, is being babysit by Maggie, but slowly things start to get kind of creepy where uh, I think the first time uh, we really notice something's wrong is the TV turns to a news report about Charles Lee Ray's death and Chucky's head kind of turns towards the TV to pay attention. And I, I want to point out some good sound design there where they have when the head turns this gross kind of like cracking, like neck crack mm-hmm. sound that mm-hmm. plays anytime Chucky moves his head. That's just really unsettling. And, and when you've shown that the doll can respond to you when you talk and can do so much, it turning its head really isn't weird. But when you add that sound to it, it's immediately scary. <laughs> to me like that's not right that was horrible i hated that um and then andy starts to say weird things like chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news and maggie's like okay whatever go to bed kid uh yeah this is dumb and then chucky finds his way back out into the living room watching the tv and this concerns maggie more and more and it eventually leads to chucky hitting maggie in the eye with a hammer right a little mm-hmm. a little toy yes. hammer and yeah. she falls out of the window and collapses onto a car underneath and the whole the child's play for the most part is set in this large apartment building 
that I think is almost its own character in this movie. Like it, it's what I think of when I think of this movie more so than almost Chucky is the apartment building. That's just so iconic to me. It's just so odd looking. And there's the interesting insides with the weird old elevators and whatnot. And I think it really shows like the second scene besides the toy store explosion that really shows budget when Maggie falls out of the window and they track her, some stunt woman screaming and yelling, falling out, and she eventually hits a car, smashes the car, and it's it's just it all looks really good. <laughs> I can't yeah. I can't explain it more than that. What did you guys think about Maggie's death? Go ahead, AJ. Okay. I didn't expect a death so early. I was literally thinking when um Maggie was like walking around the apartment and like scared and stuff, I was like, There's no way she dies because that's way too early to show that like Chucky's a killer. So I really didn't expect it. Um, and then I was in complete shock when it happened. Yeah, I I like the perspective angle when we're kind of looking through his eyes. In a way, I think the first half of the movie kind of sets it up to be like, could it be Andy just being fucking psycho and doing mm-hmm. it? Because it, the perspective is, again, at a child's size. So it could be a toss-up, maybe for some audiences, if you don't know much about it. Yeah. Who is doing the killing? And I think that was on purpose. I think that mm-hmm. was the initial reason for perspective. Um, and I just think it's so cool because you're seeing it from his eyes when he like throws the hammer at Maggie, <laughs> throws her out the window. It's just so great. I also think like, I can't imagine being her if I'm just chilling in the kitchen and all of a sudden this fucking tiny ass doll just comes at me. Like it's, it's kind of funny, <laughs> even though it's supposed to be horrific. It makes me laugh every time because he's so unintimidating and that would be such a shitty way to die. Like if a doll killed me, you know what? I deserved it at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> if I let a tiny, like, three-inch doll murder me, then it's my fault at that <laughs> at that point. It's on me, not them. It's not a trope that you typically associate with child's play. As When you think of child's play or Chucky, you don't even think child's play, right? Like, nobody thinks of child's play. Everyone thinks of mm-hmm. Chucky. But uh, when you think of that franchise, you think of the evil doll killing people. You don't think of the evil doll framing a child that owns the doll. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really interesting that no, that most people don't make that association with the character right away, but it is the basis of their introduction. Yeah, it's so great. He gaslights the fuck out of this kid. And it's so amazing. <laughs> it's because kids are so stupid. Like, it's so easy to do. Because they're so dumb, and it's just it's Their so brains fucking haven't well developed. Done. Yeah, they're stupid. They're they're kids. Like it's so fucking easy. Kids believe anything, dude. They believe Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. Like yeah. that shit's so stupid, but they believe it wholeheartedly because their brains and don't work yet. Exactly, but that's why this works so well because they they use a child in in the easiest way. Like he's he's able to manipulate manipulate this child so easily because it is easy, yeah. and I think that's so fucking great. I don't know um, how often we talk about how gaslighting's a good thing. It's not good. I'm just saying, like, that's why it works so well. Like, that's why um, well, Chucky's go- able to get so far in this movie is because he literally has a child that no one... Children, no one believes children ever. Like, same, I don't... Child tells me they see a woman in white, I'll be like, you're stupid. You know, they have imaginary friends. Children True. are weird and they're creepy and they're... You know, they don't make sense. And so I think that's why, as far as how this villain interacts, it's it's the reason that he's able to get so far in this movie. It's because of that. There's a child and no one believes this child or think he's crazy. 
I had said uh, during the movie that there's typically the point in the slasher where somebody goes to the police or to an, uh, some sort of authority figure and is like, someone's murdering my friends, you have to believe me. And they're like, yeah, shut the hell up. And it's really frustrating as an audience member at times because you're like, just listen to them. Like, they're, they're telling the truth or whatnot. But when a kid's like... I don't know. Chucky said that she was a bitch. You're like, oh, stupid kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 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 like kind of believable. Um I, I do want to fill in just a quick gap real quick where uh when Maggie fell out of the window, the only thing they found evidence wise mm-hmm. uh, I guess not the only thing, they found the hammer too, but immediately the only evidence they have are shoe prints on the counter. Yeah. They immediately look at all of andy's shoes and they're like none of these shoe prints fit but um he's wearing good guys like footed pajamas that have the same shoe print as the actual good guy doll so immediately Mm -hmm. they start to suspect that andy was involved in this murder to some degree so the mother's like everyone get out let me spend the night with my kid we're all traumatized by my best friend's death and she starts talking to her kid, and her kid's like, Chucky said that she was a bitch and deserved what she got. <laughs> and more so than previous times I'd watched this movie, I was really affected by the idea of your kid saying that is way scarier than the idea of your kid having a voodoo doll, serial killer doll. Like, the idea of your child looking at you after their babysitter died and saying, the bitch deserved what she got is... <laughs> way scarier than Chucky himself in my opinion and I think it adds so much to this movie but I think Chucky himself as like a pop culture icon leaves a lot of that thematic stuff behind no yeah I agree I think the the latter part of the franchise also touches on that like how fucked up Andy basically gets from this because damn that's a lot of trauma what kid can say my Furby made me <laughs> murder people and I thought everyone thought it was me for a good few weeks like <laughs> yeah no one else can relate no just me interesting so I definitely think that it it does continue on with that whole notion and that is pretty creepy like kids say weird shit but in that case, I'd be like, holy shit, my kid is a murderer. What the fuck do I do with this? Yeah. He's like 10. I'm like, Kim's like, I'm so proud! <laughs> I'd be like, damn, next time don't be so sloppy. You left everything <laughs> everywhere, dude. There's so much evidence. Holy shit. Dumb kid. Have you heard of a knife sharpener? This could have been done two stabs earlier. Jesus Literally, Christ. your DNA's everywhere. What the hell? <laughs> um... Oh shit! What, what what topic are we on here? Um, they find the footprints and they they kind of connect it to Andy and the mom. Yeah. Here's what he says to her. And that 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 concept is horribly disturbing. Uh, kids are terrifying, and uh, they should just be avoided <laughs> in, in <laughs> situations. Um, Facts. Agreed. <laughs> sent away. Um, what's next here? Um, oh crap! You know, I wanted to look up what movie Maggie was watching. Oh. I have no mm. idea. I didn't pay that much attention to the screen. She's watching some honest. black and white movie. Google does not answer this question immediately, so I will forget it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, um, it's also really convenient and smart, I think, for the pacing of the movie that the first kill of the movie can be is falling out of a window, not like yeah. being stabbed repeatedly or anything. It very much 
put cast doubt on the situation in general it could have she could have jumped out for a variety of reasons it could completely be an accident there's many reasons why this couldn't have happened it doesn't immediately concern all the characters that something supernatural might be going on 100% which I had that thought of that when um he killed her I was like how the fuck is he getting away with this and then it was like oh she fell out a window like that's a pretty clear way for him to get away with it yeah, it's. I think it's really it's really smart on the movie's part to keep um, everything making sense. Like you're not like any no one's acting irrationally, and I mm-hmm. think that's a that's a good part of this movie. Is most of the time nobody's acting stupid necessarily. You mm-hmm. understand why people are doubtful or why people are concerned. Yeah. Um. So before Charles Lee Ray died, he per, he vowed to kill two people. Um, the cop Mike, who had shot him, am I right on Mike there? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Mike. And his getaway driver, who had left him behind the night he died, whose name I forget. I don't remember his name, but it's and... pretty unimportant. And yeah, <laughs> but Chucky vows to kill the, um, those two people, and he starts by Eddie. having. Hmm? I think it's Eddie. I think you're right. I think it is Eddie as well. Uh, if we're wrong, we're right, and his name is Eddie now, and there's nothing that can be done about that. <laughs> but uh, Chucky tells Andy to take the L train and to go quite far from home instead of going to school and to find Eddie. Chucky finds Eddie and winds up killing him in a gas explosion. Again, kind of looking like an accident. Not quite an accident, but nothing you could really attribute to a three-foot-tall doll. Um, And again, they blow up an entire house. Maybe not an entire house, but like a scale model of a house. In the third instance of me wondering how the fuck this movie had so much money. Because when the house explodes, it looks goddamn good. Yeah, it's so well done. Um, And there's it's overall just a pretty good scene of them taking out Eddie. Um, and am I wrong in saying the cops come afterwards and pick up Andy for a second time? I think so. This is where my timeline is. gets yeah. a little messy here. This is around the second beer where things started getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's when they pick him up and take him to the station. But but that is the next thing is like him being in the station, right? Yeah, yeah. From, I believe it's there. the next big plot point, yeah. This is where my notes kind of <laughs> kind of uh, fizzle for a bit, but basically they threaten to take Andy away from his mother because they can't prove that he isn't responsible for these murders. Yeah. Uh, right there. Mm-hmm. So how are we all feeling around this time in the movie? Um, I'm feeling like I'm concerned for Andy. I, I should also mention this is the point where Andy's mother starts believing Andy to some degree. She like tries to be like, you need to listen you need to tell the truth right now because otherwise something bad's going to happen. And then she, I don't think she completely believes him. I think she is like, you have to tell the truth because otherwise something bad's going to happen. And she doesn't want that to happen to her child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that she's that like, oh, this doll's real. I don't think she's there yet. Does the battery scene happen after this? Am I yes, correct? Yes, it happens yes, right after it. Does. it. All right, Kim, do you want to take the battery scene? The battery scene is probably my favorite scene in this movie. Yeah, I think it's one of the most iconic scenes. Up to this point, so the audience, we know Chucky is moving around and he's doing his thing. But they haven't shown anything yet. Yeah, they haven't shown anything, but we know that 
it's essentially him. And Andy, in a way, kind of alludes to this too because he sees... I think we skipped over, but I think it's an important detail. Like, after the Maggie death scene, Andy sits him down in a chair and notices under his shoes is this kind of, like, flower. So the footsteps, footprints, were because there was, like, stuff on the counter, and that's how they were able to make the imprint of the footprint. And there's residue of that on his shoes. And Andy, in front of the detectives, has tried to kind of save his skin by trying to make Chucky talk. And he keeps telling him, like, talk, like... You talk to me, you can speak, so speak. And obviously the doll has its little phrase that it does and no one's convinced by it. So Andy here is definitely like, he's playing. <laughs> this doll is talking to me, but to everyone else, he's putting on a face. But he's still his bestie. So, I mean, it's a child. He's not gonna like, he doesn't think it's evil. He just thinks Chucky talks to me and just me. So in the scene, um, the Karen, the mother is I think she's throwing the box away or she's picking it up for some reason and out falls these batteries and she sees them and notices on the box it says batteries included meaning that the doll is battery powered and then she's like I did not put that in this bitch I know for a fact I took him out of the box sat him down and Andy started talking to him and he responded and when you rewatch this movie it's very apparent that they just pull this thing out of the box and it's talking within like seconds yeah and she kind of it's I think it's great acting in her in her part because it's a slow kind of like realization of like um and she's kind of she's walking towards the doll and she's kind of circling it and she knows she knows what she's gonna find when she looks at that doll and she picks him up and she looks just to double check even though she probably knows the answer to see whether the batteries are in fact he came with batteries maybe like her last solution maybe there are batteries in there maybe these are extra spare batteries whatever and then she notices that it's empty and oh it's so good and then Chucky spins his head <laughs> and says his little catchphrase, and she What's she drops that bitch. Though? You know, you know what it is. What is it? <laughs> say it. Say it. Isn't it? Isn't it? Hi, I'm Chucky. Isn't isn't that what he says? Oh, like that, that little phrase. I was getting. I want to be your friend, or I'm your like, best friend, or whatever. You bitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Not after. Yet. That's Not after. Yet. Okay. Okay. So she drops him. He just gives his, he has his, gives a little catchphrase. She freaks out, drops him. He rolls under the couch. There's this whole moment of her going towards the couch, kind of afraid, peeking under, seeing him there, poking him to see whether he moves and nothing. It just looks like maybe the doll has some wires crossed or it's, it's some other explanation. She picks him up and she, at this point, she's like, my kid was right. And she's like, talk, talk to me. And, of course, Chucky does nothing because he doesn't want to do that. And she's like, if you don't talk, bitch, I'll make you talk. And she goes to burn him. She turns the fire on. She Should puts, like, lights him. a match, puts it in the fireplace. And she basically says, if you don't talk, I'm going to throw you in this fire. And Chucky's like, fuck that shit. And that's when, oh, it's so good, the transition. His face changes, mm-hmm. finally. And that's when he says... He calls her like a filthy slut. <laughs> so yeah. bit, he's so fucking vulgar. It even took me by surprise the first time. I was like, <laughs> oh, hell no. And talk to her like that. I think and it he, sets his whole character. You know, like. Yeah. If it he's wasn't, a scumbag. If, if Chucky's first words weren't, you filthy slut, it, it, he wouldn't be the same character. 
he's known as, you know, it said his personality from the very beginning. Yeah, and he just starts, like, battling out with her wrestling. She's trying to hold him down. He's trying to wiggle out. He's trying to, like, bite her. Somehow they end up on the floor in this whole thing, and he ends up biting her. It's such a beautiful crunch, too. Like, the sound <laughs> was amazing. And the way that his face, they did such a good job with humanizing his face and the mm -hmm. movement, and it's definitely... He looks like a different person while also merging with the image of Chucky, which obviously is the point. But it's so well done and believable and evil and just, oh, it's so good. And after the bite, she, like, throws him or something and yeah. he's able to kind of run away. But at this point, like, the jig's up. <laughs> she knows now, oh, shit, this is not a regular doll no. whatsoever. This doll is sus. The bite's, like my second favorite scene in this movie because it really is disturbing how his face becomes so real as it like makes that it makes this horrible scream and then it bites and it, it's it looks so amazing it's it's almost hard to describe how like it breaks the uncanny valley entirely and looks like real for a second like it's it's really it's really creepy and it's i i love that scene i i can't it's say anymore so good. i thought it was like perfect and i think that's when it really sets itself above other slashers of like it's time yeah it's a reveal that we we knew it but then seeing it is like a whole nother a whole nother thing yeah i agree with that did it surprise you aj at all like the the and like clearly you knew at some point it had to happen but yeah i knew if it, it was being coming. the first time i knew it was coming but um i think that like i he bit the fuck out of her, and I definitely was surprised by that. <laughs> but, like, did the effects take you back at all? Because, I mean, this is one of the older movies on our spectrum, and I don't think it, it reflected that. Yeah, no, I don't think it did either. I think the effects are pretty incredible, because, I mean, like, I wasn't... I've known my whole life that Chucky is a doll that acts like that's real, and that acts out and does these things. So, like, it's not, like, shocking to see Chucky do that. But I do think that they do a really good job of doing it, especially for the year that this was made. And, like, if you put yourself in the shoes of someone watching it for the first time with no context, like, it's it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you want to continue on after this scene? There's, I mean, we can, what's next? Like, the, the voodoo scene when he goes to use his voodoo teacher? Um, or no, when she goes I to, go ahead. goes back to see um, where she bought the doll from to get some answers? Um, I think next is when the cop gets attacked in his car. The voodoo scenes before that. I have those notes flipped then. I think Maybe you're right. I think she goes back to where she bought the doll, and that's when the cop is there, saves her from when she was being attacked. Yes, mm. she was. And I think she has a doll with her. I'm trying to remember how the doll gets in his possession. Um, but that's when she finds out that the doll they took was from the store that um, Charles Lee Ray was murdered in. And that's how she, yeah. why it was so discounted and why it was so cheap was because it was, it was like the doll they kind of landed on and they didn't want to sell it. So it kind of went to the side and they were able to kind of get it and repossess it and sell it for cheaper. And the cop has like every reason to think that she's nuts, but he was there when he had killed 
Charles Lee Ray, or like not necessarily murdered right then, but a shot nearly to death. And he saw the lightning strike the place and explode. So like mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily know the doll was going to be possessed by Charles Lee Ray. But if you were to tell him anything weird happened from that night, he'd be he'd totally believe it. <laughs> be like, yeah. yeah, that was that was a weird goddamn night. Didn't surprise yeah. me at all. Um, so he wants to like not believe it, but something you can tell that just a little bit of him believes it enough that he wants to stick with her and keep following her and whatnot. Yeah, and that's when he gets in his car and drives back, and Chucky is in the back seat and tries to strangle him, and he's like swerving all over the place. In another Somehow, huge budget scene where the car is shown scraping against walls and yeah, they film mm-hmm. the rest of it in an upside down car. Perspective shifts. You're in the driver's seat now with the car going crazy. And then you're also seeing him getting basically choked out by this doll. And then I for, I don't know. Oh, he burns him. He takes like that thing in the car that people used to have to like light cigarettes yeah. and burns Chucky in the face and he falls back and he's able to like kind of try and get back on the road. But this man, Chucky, is creative as hell. He has a knife and starts stabbing through the seat. So this guy is trying to drive, not get stabbed, and not get hit because he's like on the wrong side of traffic at this point. It's a whole. It's Let's a chaotic talk about scene. that scene for a second. <laughs> it's chaotic. I, you can have Michael Myers break through the closet and try to stab me in the chest all goddamn day, and it won't affect me. But the second it a won't man affect you? is keeping his foot on the gas while trying to keep his ass in the air so he doesn't get stabbed <laughs> in his tank by Chucky had me clenching more than any other slasher ever. Like, it's literally, like, two minutes dedicated to this man trying not to get stabbed in his ass. And it's it's horrifying. Yeah, it's a, it's a very high-intensity, chaotic moment. There's so much going on in this scene that it kind of puts you in a mini-frenzy of, like, is he going to die by car crash or is he going to be stabbed? Like, which is it? And it turns out none, but it's definitely a moment when there's so much that can go wrong. And he's just trying. It's pretty skillful, I would say. Like, he he's able to survive that whole thing because I curbs take me out if I turn too close. <laughs> like, I almost die. And this man is literally on the wrong side of traffic with some doll stabbing him or trying to stab him and he's still able to somehow come out alive so you know what it's that's some skill <laughs> i gotta give it to him he's pretty he's pretty skillful in that way this part is when i was like oh it's an 80s movie because there's a car chase scene and like that's kind of what this concept was to me oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no that scene's intense i love that scene and then um it's followed by him being in the upside down car being harassed by chucky as he takes a knife and like runs around the car in circles and it's got some really good sound design and it actually is pretty creepy and this is when they start using actual people to like portray chucky uh in some of his movements and that's when it's scariest and the most real to me is when it's actually real people playing chucky and the movements are really like realistic (laughs) yeah and then he gets shot and he leaves right Yes, yes. Yeah, he shoots Chucky, and Chucky feels it. He shoots him. Also, a wonderful shot. He shoots him through the, um, I think it's the window, or mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure, but it's through broken glass, and it's yeah. just well done. And he, like, he flies. It's so funny to me, because, like, 
in a way, you know he's a doll, but you forget just how tiny he is. And there's so many shots when they show him full body, and he's just this tiny, raggedy thing. <laughs> and he goes flying with that shot. And he screams, so it's so funny. The, um, the cigarette lighter burn and the gunshot are his first two permanent injuries that continue yeah. through the rest of the movie. Yeah. And then we go to the voodoo scene. You're correct. Yes. Because he's shot and he he basically goes to visit his old voodoo teacher or instructor, yeah. basically where he learned incantations and the art of voodoo from this man. And he goes and he asks him, like, I got shot. Well, he introduces himself, like, look at me, I'm an adult. It, it kind of shows that it was kind of pre-planned. Like, he knew that he was going to die and this was his way of trying to live on, almost. And his mm -hmm. teacher had been the one to kind of suggest it to him. So it was kind of premeditated. But he intended and, to go into a person. Yeah. Not and a he doll. just happened to be shot and it go to the doll. So it yeah. was intended to like transfer the soul to another being, but because of where he got shot and where he ended up and where the lightning all of that hit, it ended up going to a doll and not another human being. Mm -hmm. But it derived from his teacher who gave him the idea. And that's when he asks him, like, I got shot and burnt and it hurt. Like, I felt it. And that's when we learn from the teacher himself that the more he, the longer he stays in the doll, the more human he will become. And so he's able to feel pain and he's able to have more human-like tendencies, which we'll talk about as the movie goes on in terms of his features. Um... He's more so in his human-like form, his human face, I'm sorry, than the face we see in the beginning when he's playing doll. He's, he looks more like a human throughout the rest of this movie. Which means and, uglier in some way, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's more uncanny because he looks too human and it's no longer cute. Now he looks kind of fucking weird. Like, now you get weird vibes from this doll where you're like, he doesn't look, he looks wrong. Something about this doll is off. But um, he's talking to this voodoo teacher, and essentially he basically wants to find a way out of the doll. He doesn't want to spend his life in the doll, because who knows what that's going to lead to. It's kind of useless, and it sucks. I totally get it. And he basically ends up in an altercation with his voodoo teacher, because he doesn't want to tell him. Grabs a voodoo doll, or he had it previously. He's prepared. And basically kind of tortures it out of his teacher by breaking his leg and his arm via voodoo doll. And the teacher tells him that he can transfer his soul into a person, but it has to be to the person that he first revealed his true form to or his true, like, self to. And that, Chucky reveals, happens to be Andy. He first showed that he was not a doll, he was a soul in a doll to Andy. And he's like, piece of cake, it's a fucking kid. Like, I can beat the shit out of a kid, that's fine. <laughs> And so that becomes the next plot point where the rest of this movie's going. He's going to try to, like, essentially transfer souls. And he says, oh, I'm going to be six years old again. Like, he's basically going to take over this kid's body, no remorse. We he doesn't hesitate that. at all. It's not like, oh, <laughs> damn, I revealed myself to a child. He's like, holy shit, I'm going to watch He-Man again. Like, he's, he's <laughs> so good. He's going to be a child. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's great. It's great. Um, I think that I always forget about this scene. I don't know about you, Kim. I always forget that like the voodoo doll is specifically in it because it's like when you think of Chucky, you think of him stabbing people, not you know snapping the legs of a voodoo doll. But it's yeah. an incredible scene in the movie, and it's I think I think it's just often overlooked or often forgotten. You know, 
I also, too, when we watched it, I was like, oh, I forgot this was a thing. Just because, I mean, I always thought, like, oh, I don't, like, want to watch this part. Like, it could be taken out. But I guess there is a bit of gruesomeness to it when he gets his leg and arm snapped. It, I mean, if anything, if I had to pick a part to be taken out, it probably would be this one. But at the same time, I don't I don't think it's a bad scene. I just, I just forget about it because there's so much more that goes on in this movie than that. So... What's, what's your take in seeing this for the first time, AJ? I guess, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I liked the background that we got of like how he learned how to become in this doll's body. Um, I thought that completed some of the storyline to me. I think and that's then, the same. I think the same thing that like it's what it makes the earlier stuff make sense. Yeah. And then I liked this now fear that we have for Andy. Like, I think that that's. Um, a good place for this movie to continue to it's like oh now we're worried about andy and andy being taken over there's an end goal now yeah yeah do you want to continue there's not much sure I, I, left. I, there's only like i can finish it off did you have anything part. on your section that you wanted to finish off on kim no no that's probably the that's it we can move on to the end part i, I whenever kim summarizes a section of a movie that she's into it's always super entertaining like she she's super into it. <laughs> i feel like it explains so badly because i'm rushing through and i'm like cussing and i'm like he she fucking said this and it's like <laughs> she probably that's not a quote it's not a direct quote at all that's just what i hear <laughs> that's way better <laughs> so now that andy has been targeted they all go back to the apartment to try to make sure he Wait. doesn't get attacked by Chucky, right? Or, or my friend No, there's a scene at the hospital where he um where Chucky shows up at the hospital and he climbs the stairs. Oh, yeah. It's super creepy. And then he's going after Andy cuz Andy's in this like mental hospital. And then Andy goes in the surgery room, which I was like, what the fuck is there a surgery room for? And then you watch the doctor, the doctor's like there and doctor's trying to like give Andy a shot to like calm Andy down and is like Chucky's not here you're hallucinating it or whatever and then Chucky comes behind the doctor and puts on um like the shock head thing where they shock people (laughs) and then you watch the doctor die from being shocked to death and it's super gruesome and then they go to the apartment (laughs) I mean it was was perfect I just love the shock head thing attacking the doctor (laughs) The electroshock therapy headband. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> he got zapped. He got, he got zapped. He got birth. mad zapped. Too much electricity. I'm glad you remembered that scene because that's one of my favorites when Chucky's climbing like the fire escape. Yeah. That that shit messes with me. I don't like that. But I love it. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it's the apartment scene. Oh, okay, yeah. So they go back to the apartment to try to protect Andy. And, of course, Chucky comes in and starts basically ruining everything in a kind of a yeah. final confrontation of Chucky trying to get to Andy quite desperately so he can live in a body. Because I guess the whole thing is he doesn't want to... He'll become more human the longer he stays in the doll. So mm-hmm. he'll be stuck as, like, a doll that's going to get, like, cancer or something and, like, die or, like, yeah. have the lifespan of a chihuahua. Or whatever. I don't know what yeah. happens. <laughs> and there's not much he can do in his dull form as it is. He has to continue like going back and forth. In a person, he'll at least become a man again and can continue to do his like evil shit he was doing before and be a terrible person. 
Yeah. But yeah, he's doing he's doing the incantation over Andy when his parents, his mom, and the officer come in. He's she's like basically like getting ready to switch his soul into Andy's. Andy, I mean, I know he's a kid, but like, damn, he really doesn't fucking fight back. <laughs> he just fucking lays there, and I'm like, dude. He has a baseball like, bat. He tries, and then he yeah, gets, he, he tries, gets whacked. But like, I'm like, come on, bro. I know you're a kid, but like, damn, <laughs> you're taller than this doll. Kick it, like something. But yeah, that's that's where that goes. He's child doing his kid incantation. Way more, way better against Chucky. Yeah, um, I she had too many Teletubbies and too many Barney stuff dolls. I knew how to deal with dolls. Um, we're, Teletubbies are a reoccurring theme. I'm figuring out here. I just want to. Those were the ones that I had, that's why. My mom would let me, like... I I would say, I guess, I collected them. I had, like, all of them on my window. Oh, wow. Yeah, I used to love Teletubbies. That's the only one that I remember. The the dolls I remember that I owned were Teletubbies and a Barney doll. Those are... I'm sure there were more toys that I had, but those are the ones that I I had that I loved as a kid. I love the new Kim lore we get every week. It's It's my favorite. (laughs) It's great. Developing the Kim story is so interesting. Do you know the Teletubbies were made by Simon Cowell? What? No, that's yeah. not true. Yes, no, it is. That I don't be believe true. that either. I'm terrified now. I'm terrified that might not be true now, but I'm almost. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I I highly I I can't believe that. Oh, it automatically it automatically says Teletubbies. That would make no sense. Cowell created S Records, a joint venture with BMG. He also converted television shows such as the. Um, Power Rangers and Teletubbies into musical successes. <laughs> oh, so he turned them into so musicals. So he turned them into a musical. He didn't create it. Wait, what? It was created by <laughs> Teletubbies was created by Anne Wood and Andrew Davenport for the BBC. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're right. Just... <laughs> you're right. But clearly, I'd been misled because. One of the first autocorrects was, did Simon Cowell create the Teletubbies? <laughs> there was I've probably never even something. heard that. There was probably but you said that with your whole that. chest. You were you so did. confident I was that so that was certain. Right. I'm just glad there's some correlation, even if I was stupid. <laughs> I'm just glad that I wasn't completely crazy and it was it had nothing to do with it whatsoever. At least he was involved <laughs> in the Teletubby process at some point. <laughs> Oh Christ! Where are we talking? Where, where are we? T- where we're are we at the end. Andy's we're at the doing apartment. his incant. Chucky's doing the incantation on Andy. Yes. The mom and officer arrive, trying to bust it and save Andy. Save Andy. So Chucky like cuts the hell out of the police officer's leg, and he's like done for the rest of the movie. Basically, he's like bye bye. Yeah. Uh, he's just kind of like sitting there holding his knee, being like, ah oh, shit. Um, and then. The mom and Andy go and basically fight Chucky, and they eventually throw him into a fireplace and burn him. And he, like, rides around on fire for, like, a concerningly long time and then, like, dies. And everything seems to be good, and they go and they help the police officer and the police officer's younger associate. (laughs) I want to say deputy, but I don't think he's a sheriff or anything, you know? Yeah. There's something that happens first. Go for it. First, Andy goes into the other room and sees that the Chucky's gone. And at the same time, the other officer comes in. Yes. So the the burnt Chucky that had writhed on the ground. And another pretty good scene of clearly like a stunt person being lit on fire and like crawling around. 
and then it kind of rides on the ground and it gives like a death rattle and it's it's a pretty good scene (laughs) honestly it's Mm -hmm. did you think that was the end aj because it's totally fair yeah i did yeah i think i think most people do it's it's just i'm glad to see some people like people still fall for it you know and it's not super obvious (laughs) yeah no yeah they made it dramatic Andy was the one to set the fire, which I think, and he he says to, I mean, it was supposed to be badass, but I, I think it was kind of stupid. He was like, this is it, friend. And I was like, mm. But it's supposed <laughs> to be like a culmination of like, okay, Andy's now disillusioned and he knows that Chucky is bad, basically because he's trying to fucking kill everyone. And he's the one that sets or gives the matches to the mom and like basically helps with burning Chucky at this point. So I think... It's meant to look like that's a definitive ending. But of course, it is not. I thought that you line rocked. That. I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what about you, AJ? Are you pro? Yeah, I'm pro the line. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's a dividing line in Kim and I's taste. It's like, if there's a catchphrase, Kim's going to roll her eyes. And I'm going to be like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was what's, pretty lame. What's the Freddy versus Jason, the terrible line in that one? There's so many. There's so fucking many. It's like the death of the welcome to welcome to my world, bitch, or something like that. It's like yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) that's the show right there. (laughs) So the associate comes in. Yeah, and he's immediate. Oh wait, wait. so he was uh, Chucky was burning. For a long time, and then he gets back up, and he's all melted and deformed, and that's my favorite part of this movie. Like by far, melted, disgusting Chucky is the best part of this movie for me. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of his gross, burnt ass? I love it. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's grotesque. I think it's such a contrast from the beginning. Like he goes from super, super cute to like unsettling to now fucking disgusting, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. It's so good. His they ex- still make him move. Yeah, it's amazing. His exposed, like, metal eyes, skeleton eyes and eye out. and teeth. Like, I, I think it's all perfect. And they still have the teeth move, and you can see the burnt, like, flesh kind of <laughs> move so with good. it. It's yeah. I, I, I think it's amazing. And he kind of gives, like, one big chase that winds up with Andy's mother having a gun and shooting the limbs off of Chucky individually. Mm-hmm. Starts with mm-hmm. his head, and the body keeps moving. And, and another shot that I really don't know how they did, because it looks good the entire way they do it. It's not super obvious how they did that. It moves without its head, and they shoot off its arm, and then its leg, and it's still managing to crawl just with one arm and one leg with left, and then they, they end it with like a final shot, right? Or do they just leave it in that horrible state? I can't they remember. They leave it like that. Yeah. And then, because, you go ahead, good. I was going to say, because then I actually think the associate comes in. I think the associate comes in after that scene. Yeah, and he's like, what's up? And Mike's like, there was an evil doll that kicked the shit out of me. And the associate's like, haha, very funny. Here's a melted doll head, dumbass. Like, this thing's dead. Why are you freaking out? And then it comes back one last time. Yeah, one just arm the body by itself. And one leg, just the body. And it grabs onto the uh, the associate's neck and is choking him and i love that the head starts talking even and is like choke him don't <laughs> let go fucking strangle him do it <laughs> you know? uh just continuing to be 
crazy charming with the the voice decisions and it, it's super entertaining but then i mean how does it get ended one more time is it one it's one final bullet right or is it two bullet bullets? to the heart the heart and it actually has a blood splat that time yeah. you actually see blood yeah. because the the voodoo teacher had said the way to defeat him was through the heart because his heart was like the first thing to becoming human yeah and after thinking he's been dead three or four times it's finally over and they're able to move on from that and then it's really just like a, a doubtful head turn at the end like making sure chucky's not behind him and it ends right i think yeah. so yeah yes i mean i still want to talk about that whole ending scene but just as far as the plots this is this is it yeah, right that's it yeah that's it all right so what do, you, what do you guys think of the ending there that let's let's go from burnt chucky onwards so the first time he's back to the second time he's back to what he's finally done <laughs> aj um I liked it. I don't know. I thought he came back a lot of times. I was surprised each time. Um, but I did have the moment where I thought about how he had to be shot through the heart and then they didn't do it. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, maybe he'll come back. And then he came back. <laughs> and then I thought it was good. I thought it was really entertaining for sure. Yeah, I think it was um, I think it was pretty cool. I think it was kind of like, oh, God, when is this guy going to die? But I think that's the point. We've had, previous to this movie, other movies where similar villains and characters do the same thing, where you think they're dead, but they're not. And I think it works here without being too exhaustive, because there is that fine line between him being a doll and being somewhat immortal, but also being somewhat mortal in in that kind of, um, in that kind of way, and being able to die, but also not really. So I, I don't think it's exhaustive in bringing him back so many times but it kind of does leave you with an open book like damn this bitch just won't die huh <laughs> he keeps fucking coming back and back and back it's, and I, I it's think no surprise that he gets that he's still alive in the yeah. sequel like <laughs> yeah, yeah after all that you're like all right I, I can understand doubting that he was ever dead yeah and then he keeps fighting towards the end but i i do think like it's. I mean, I guess maybe I can see some people say, like, it could have just been the first death and that's it, or maybe just two, but not basically, like, three fucking times. It might be a lot. But again, this movie is silly, and it yeah. is campy, and that's kind of what the point is. It's, it's not supposed to be something that takes itself too seriously or tries to set a certain tone. It is silly. So, in a way, it kind of works with how thematically the rest of the movie is sort of built to be like. So I think it works really well, and I think it's pretty funny, and I, I like it. This is my version of what I feel like comedy and horror mix well together. I'm not yeah. a big fan of other movies that try to be, that are, I guess, marketed as like horror comedies. That's not really my thing. I don't like silliness unless it's <laughs> like this. Unless it's like this. This is my ranking of what I consider silly horror that I'm okay with. So right Sorry. now, we can rank this on... The farthest you go into my spectrum, yeah. Or is Creepshow? Because you like Creepshow too. I like Creepshow, but like I probably wouldn't watch it again or recommend it to people. (laughs) 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 But like I liked it for what it was. But it's not like a movie that I'd be like, "Hey, have you seen Creepshow?" Like I would never. I would never. So just to summarize, (laughs) Kim didn't hate it. No, yeah, I it. it was it was okay. It was good. Okay, but this is one so this that is I far would love and recommend. Go. Yeah, this Ooh. is what I consider a great mix of comedy, silliness, and horror, and this is where I land. 
most of my movies are on the other side of that gate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why we're so different. Because I would never watch any of those movies. <laughs> but I, I do now because you choose them. That's <laughs> hey. all right. We're opening everyone's horizons. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, this is definitely what I find silly. So I think the ending for as much as it is and how long it goes for, I I, I like it. Um, I I think because of, of what you're talking about, my favorite part of this movie is the last twenty minutes. I, I think it's I think it's the best part where he just keeps <laughs> coming back and won't die and gets more and more gross and it becomes more and more like effect based and disgusting. That's like my favorite part of this movie. But I but I think that 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 adds up right. <laughs> like based mm-hmm. off of the discussion tonight, everything makes sense. That's that's exactly what yeah. it is. We we agree in this movie in many ways, but. For like different reasons, um, yeah, yeah. But I I really can't complain about anything in that last half hour. I think it's all perfect, and I think it's a blast the whole way through. And I think it's it makes me feel like um, it, it gives me almost like Friday the Thirteenth vibes, but with more like stakes. Like it's the same eighties horror vibe, but it's a little more like polished. Yeah, and the sequels continue that like. Child's Play 2 feels like a sequel to an 80s slasher. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be totally different or like a remake or whatnot. It's it's very much continuing. Like, what if we did this again? But I might be getting it confused with the third one. It's like, what if it was like a camp or so, or something? You yeah, know? three's like, military school. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, let's just put our main killer in different situations, not really give a shit how it happens and, and keep it going. And that's kind of like a warm, fuzzy feeling for me is just, let's just keep putting our killer in multiple situations. And the first one is very much like artistic and it stands on its own in like many ways, but then it sequels kind of become 80s horror slosh that i love so much that i just i love this character and i love the movies you know yeah no i agree it's like it, i think it's the last of the 80s slashers before it became scream and it all had to be smart uh-huh. and horny. The 90s <laughs> yeah no there were there were a lot of movies in this year 88 that kind of were like weird and i think that was like the tone of it like nightmare 4 and halloween 4 were out in this year and i i don't fully remember nightmare 4 but halloween 4 is pretty uh it's when it starts getting weird i think it's the last watchable one yeah it's when it starts getting really out there and you're like okay what is going on Pumpkinhead also released in 88 that movie's fucking weird oh i like (laughs) Pumpkinhead. Yeah, and then there's like a the blob, but not the '58 version. There's like an '88 version of the blob that they yeah. remade with like '80 Zazzle. So like weird was in, and I Zazzle. think this movie define Zazzle. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, define Zazzle. <laughs> like it, it just has a, the typical '80s vibe to it that makes it really like corny and like Would weird. Stranger Things have Zazzle. A modern Zazzle, like they they're trying oh. to get the '80s Zazzle, but you can it. it I mean, Stranger Things I like, but it it's not so, so Zazzle, my favorite. When you use that word, you mean it has to be made in that year, or like '80s Zazzle to me is definitely all the elements that come with like cheesy '80 movies. Okay, 
I don't use Zazzle much else unless it's 80s. <laughs> I don't use, use that word Zazzle much ever. She's serious. <laughs> yeah, she has to be in a really specific mood for Zazzle. The context for Zazzle will be in, in everything that I say. <laughs> I don't use that word often, but when I do, you'll know why. Oh, and I mean... <laughs> Zazzle I don't is know an on-demand marketplace <laughs> where we connect customers with artists, beautiful designs, and world's best products so anything imaginable can be obtainable. Zazzle.com <laughs> <laughs> I think compared to those, this this has the same kind of weirdness, but in a way that's iconic. I'm trying to get back on track because there's more that I want to say. And I don't want to run out of time. Go for it. Um, just because, I mean, before this, there were doll movies. This isn't the first movie where they used a doll. The 70s had, like, ventriloquist doll era is kind of what a lot of the movies were about. Evil evil dolls and their ventriloquists and the connection between those two and the evil and shame that person's in have. It, it's a lot. There's a lot I could say about that, too, because I think that's also a pretty cool, like, part of the 70s horror that people don't really, like, talk about as much unless maybe i live under a rock and maybe they do are you talking like tourist trap and stuff yeah yeah like i'm trying to think of like specific i have like a list on the side of like ventriloquist movies of the 70s that i thought were pretty cool there's also um that's so so like yeah yeah like i don't want to go too into that because that's that's really like niche and weird but um, essentially, there were movies before this one that kind of dealt with dolls, but it, it never really hit the same way that this one did. In 87, the movie Dolls came out, which is the first time that we kind of see dolls acting on their own independently. But it, it, it hit, but it wasn't necessarily icon status. And then this movie came out the following year, and suddenly it's a household name and it works so well. And I, from then, I don't really, I know there's other movies that have dolls in it, but I think it becomes overplayed and almost like a horror fetish, I would say. Like, ooh, there's a doll, maybe it's possessed. Oh, when a kid finds it, the kid's going to be possessed. Like, it's a very easy formula, and I think Child's Play, even though it was made before, it doesn't fit into that formula either. Like, it kind of has its originality that makes it stand alone, where other movies that kind of take on that formula and ride with it becomes overhyped. Like, the only other doll I can think of that made it was Annabelle. Mm. Fucking hate that bitch. But (laughs) that's probably the only other notable doll that I think people will recognize and know in today's modern horror, like, discussions. Mm. But again, she... I don't think she's particularly original. I just think she's one of the ones that people recognize because the movie hits so well. Right? I think Chucky stands on his own even now because no one else really does it the same way in the kookiness and the silliness and the simplistic backstory that works in tangent with the design and the animatronics. And it's just so well put together that no other movie I feel like that deals with dolls and that trope touches it. I feel like you could move that from being reflecting doll movies to just being like the the common 80s slasher at the same time. I, I, mm-hmm. I think I think it stands out among even like any Friday the 13th or um, Nightmare film at the time. It, it stands on its own because of its concept and because of its effects and whatnot. Yeah, I think it, it's it supersedes even just doll movies. You know? Yeah. That, no, uh, that I... it's, it's big enough to stand on its own even with the biggest. Yeah, I agree. And I think, 
I mean, I, I can harp about this forever and you should stop me if I talk too much, but I think the way that the doll looks is what's really cool about it. Like, Annabelle, at the end of the day, this bitch just looks like the Wendy's icon, but uglier. Like, she's not, to me, all that memorable. Like I feel like she, they tried hard for her. They made her look too ugly. And that's the thing. Like, when I see a doll in a horror movie and she looks ugly as fuck, I'm like, okay, I would never let my kid... Like, that doll is sus. I would never <laughs> let that yeah. doll around my child. Like, it's either the doll is ugly as hell, aka she's supposed to look scary... Or she's old, they got it from some kind of, like, antique store, and they don't know her story, and she came from, like, this... It's it's just so, like, it's so, like, you know it. You know that that's, that yeah. doll's gonna be fucked up. Or it's, like, random. Oh, they moved to a house, and there's a doll that the owner just happens to leave behind, and the kid <laughs> finds it, and it talks to her. Like, it it's scary, but, like, you know it's scary. And I think... Chucky, if you see him without knowing the legacy or, like, the iconicness of his franchise and his name, that doll isn't scary. It's a very cute doll. Like, it's a doll that I would probably have owned when I was younger. Like, he looks very cute. He has freckles, a cute little face, cute little round blue eyes, like, in little overalls with tiny little shoes. It's a it's a <laughs> doll that a kid would own in a realistic setting. Like a Furby. Like, we talked about Furbies before. Those bitches were creepy as hell Those looking so back. Creepy. But in the moment, I was like, these things are cute bird mutant looking things. Like, I own Furbies. And now everyone has, like, a horror story with their Furbies. But in the moment, it was like, that's a cute-ass toy. Mm-hmm. No one, no parent was sussed out about buying their kid a Cabbage Patch doll or a Furby. So I think that's why this works. Whereas, I'd be like, why does that kid have an Annabelle doll? That bitch looks musty as fuck. Yeah. That fucking doll is disgusting and porcelain and fucking victorian that's gross but chucky is just like a doll that's commercialized that every kid owns that there's nothing to be really like sus about so i think that's one of the big things that this movie does so well is the design of the doll and even when they do the animatronics like shit he still looks doll like enough there's no cgi that ruins it you know, fucking Annabelle, they have her fucking floating for some fucking reason. I hate that bitch, I'm sorry. But I love the hate. This, <laughs> the way they make him move, the animatronics, it's literal, it's puppeteering and animatronics in the face to make the muscles move and the eyebrows move and the mouth move. And it's it's realistic, but it's unsettling and realistic. And I think that's different than being terrifying like the angle they go at for like with annabelle or the boy or whatever other movie they have this fucking possessed doll in so i think they also have an actor who played in like the running scenes they had like an actual like person Mm -hmm. and they just shifted perspective and like raised the um props and stuff to like 70 percent or 30 percent so that way the perspective stayed and they had a kid at one point play um chucky like running so there's a lot of effort put in to make this look realistic. and That's when it's most a... effective to me is when they yeah. have the real people. He's so cute looking, even when he has that <laughs> scary face. He's just so small. Like whenever they show like the full body images, I'm like, this bitch is literally like three feet. He's so tiny, but he's so fucking cute. Like I would pick him up and I would dress him up and he would be like my best friend. <laughs> like he's so fucking cute. Like... I would not feel sussed out about him. Like, if someone gave me that doll without in, in IRL, I would think he's the cutest thing in the world. I know what I'm getting you for your birthday now. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute. He's cute. 
His little freckles are cute and his hair is cute. Um, it's all. It also adds to it that it looks so innocent, but also if they're like, hey, Chucky was talking to me, the toy's one feature is it fucking talks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, Chucky was, you know, telling me to be a dickhead. And you're just like, well, Chucky does talk. Like, <laughs> that's 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 the one thing he does. Yeah. Like, that's just, it's it's so it's so easy, easily delivered, but it's so like well done. And I think they really they snapped on this one. They did such a fucking good job. <laughs> like all of them, like Tom Holland was the director of this movie, not Spider-Man. Yes, Spider-Man. Let's make that clear. <laughs> But he also did Fright Night, which is another 80s movie that was really fucking silly, but also not frightening, but unsettling. You know me, I love my vampires. It's a formative movie for me. I I, I love vampires, and that's one of them that I fucking love because it's silly and it's kind of like. See, that's my thing. Like, this is my silliness where I'm like, oh yeah, I can watch this and have a great time and not get freaked out afterwards. So I think Holland did a really good job with this movie as well putting together that same kind of formula of we're going to unsettle you a bit, but it's also going to be kind of lighthearted and you're not going to be too scary. But also I know some people who were afraid of Chucky. I know a lot of people. were afraid their dolls would like come to life and like kill them. That's definitely a thing some people felt. (laughs) I mean, my mom would tell me that I, I had my stuff Barney and she would say that I had an imaginary friend that I would talk to, but I would say that it was Barney. Which again, that that might not be creepy, but like, let's say it's in here and Barney, I mean, my doll, actually creepy. killed people. Like, yeah. It's kind of fucking weird, but also like, it's a kid thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's it's so so cool of a concept, and it was done so well. If they if they hadn't have popped off with the animatronics, I don't think it would have it would have hit. To be honest, as much as I can rave about. The originality, I feel like the animatronics and the voice. Oh my god, that voice. Oh. Is so good. Brad Dorif, I swear to god, I might have a thing for voices, but his voice is so fucking good. Like, there's no way that anyone else could voice him. It's so, it's so fucking good. Yeah. I cannot stress enough how much I loved his voice. And I watched Chucky for the voice. I fought in the laugh. Ugh. Stop. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Believe it or not, this week was my choice. <laughs> uh, I I chose this one this week. <laughs> I'm not saying I should talk more. It's just the passion no, speeches I love. I love so much for a movie that I chose. Um, a two-second tangent here, okay? Mm-hmm. My little brother, when he was like seven or eight... I walked into my room and he was fucking around in like my drawers, like not even like a drawer, like full of miscellaneous stuff. It was like clothing. So he's like messing around in like a drawer with my t-shirt. So I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Get out of my room. He leaves. And then later that night we're eating dinner. I swear to God, I'm not lying. This is a hundred percent. My little brother had had an imaginary friend named Sam for a while. And for whatever reason, my mom was like, oh, Andrew, uh, how's, how's Sam? How, how's Sam doing? And he looks up and goes, I killed him. <laughs> and we all go like, what the hell? And he's like, what What do you mean you killed him? He's like, I killed him. And I put him in Aaron's drawers. <laughs> what the fuck? 
And that shit messed with me for weeks. Yeah. I was like, I was like 11 being like, oh my God, that, that's disturbing. <laughs> it was premeditated. I saw it hours beforehand. He, he was prepping for this. <laughs> oh, it was a nightmare. Oh, your imaginary Barney friend just brought back all sorts of scary memories. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> well, my mom said I described my imaginary friend as being purple. And so she assumed that I was talking about the Barney doll that I always carried around with me. But, I mean, I don't know what that even fucking means when I said this bitch was purple. Yeah. That could be, that could be he's purple because he was asphyxiated. Like, if he was a ghost, maybe he was, like, burned and he's purple. Maybe he, oh. like, hung in his, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I've thought about this a lot where I'm like, oh, shit. But then I'm like, it was probably Barney because it was nothing, it was nothing malicious. <laughs> <laughs> she never said that I was weird about it. Just so like I would talk to, <laughs> I would talk to my imaginary friend in my room. You guys are amazing. <laughs> it's like no matter how long we talk, there's always more and more fascinating shit that comes up. <laughs> to be fair, I'm an only child, so I very much was hung up on myself a lot, and so yeah. that that to me is why I, that makes sense to me that I would just talk to myself because I it would either talk to myself or read a book. And that's all that I would do every day. Like no one interacted with me unless they were feeding me. We, so, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! I was a big a reader. Pack there. I used to read a lot. <laughs> well, my mom was at work. This is not therapy session, or anything, but like my mom worked a lot. She had like two or three jobs, so I was kind of left to my own devices. <laughs> You're making it worse. What are we doing? Where are we need to end this podcast? It needs to end. We've been going too long. Oh my we god. We have so therapy. much to talk about. We have so much to discuss. We all drop serious bombs. Can I can I, can I reverse just weird. for a minute and ask, Kim, how was your inevitable puking food poisoning throughout this? Oh, I almost now? made a stop because I I needed to, and then I was like, "You're not gonna do that to yourself on air, on here, and sh- tell everyone that you're about to go puke your brains out." And I don't want to do Around that to myself. When? So I held it in, and um, once this is over, I will be going to the bathroom. So around when? When wow. were you almost puking? Um, honestly, it comes and go. I get the chills. Like, you ever feel the uh-huh. chills, and you feel like, yeah, um, it, a couple times, but um. I just held it back. I I leaned over. I'm glad you can't see me because I'm kind of like <laughs> I'm kind of hunched over with my <laughs> my head in my hand. Like, oh my shit, god! I, but it's okay. I'm fine. I'm drinking water. I have water next to me. So Wait, okay. you switched from tequila to water. Yeah, I started drinking water. I couldn't finish my drink. That's Thank okay. you. Thank you Thank for you. switching to water. Um, let's let's wrap this up so Kim can go die. Um, but but I feel like real quick we need to know AJ's review of Child's Play yes. with everything being said. Let, let, just just go at it like just all out your full thoughts. I mean, you say that like I have extensive thoughts. I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really good. I thought that the um effects were really good and like it there were moments where he's creepy you know he totally gets there um which I thought was pretty shocking for the fact that I've been afraid of Chucky my whole life so you were afraid of him oh I've purposely avoided these movies my whole life yeah wow how do you feel now that you've seen it he's not scary at all no he's not scary at all (laughs) (laughs) 
Or well. the concept of him was scary. That like I I think I've heard of him at like a really young age, and so I was like, oh no no no, can't watch Chucky. And um, wait till you see him with staples on his face, because that's a whew, that's a whole nother in Bride of Chucky. Are we gonna watch all of them? <laughs> I I have it on my list just because I think he looks great there. Right, you take the next one. You take the next one. We'll we'll go back and forth choosing weeks for Chucky. Yeah. Like we'll take we can that take weeks in between, but like like you do the second one and I'll do the third and then we'll we'll move through. Yeah, no, he yeah, that's probably one of my favorites cuz he looks so cool. Very grungy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so do we have anything else? I feel like we've all said this this one's been a mess. It's been a beautiful mess. I love it. A beautiful mess. Um I feel like we've said a lot about Child's Play and a lot not about Child's Play, but overall yeah. we all agreed that Child's Play was pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And any last thoughts on Child's Play before we wrap it up? No. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in for Kim's last podcast before she dies. <laughs> uh, next week will be the Kim Memorial and also Despicable Me viewing. Uh, oh, no. We'll be watching that. <laughs> yes. Um, until then, I've been Aaron. I've been AJ. I'm Kim. And uh, I guess I love you or whatever. I mean, don't like brag about it or anything. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.